Part Four of Illyrial, or A Voyage to Other Worlds, a tale by Vladislav Lassima. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Two First Impressions. We went with terrific rapidity to that huge globe, which constantly grew huger with his four moons rather planets than moons rolling round him the orb of jupiter was evidently wrapped in clouds long lines and belts and broken spaces here and there through the masses of mist in which we hoped to see the planet himself at length we felt we were getting into his cloud land the force of gravitation had then to be compensated if we said Aronial, strike land like this we shall pierce into the depths like a bullet for many yards back with the pressure undo the gravitating power we did so still the momentum was terrific swift into the clouds we dashed long miles of floating vapour were passed through in a few moments it seemed as a dream a mere gauze veil then a momentary glance at a vast expanse of heaving tempestuous ocean overcast with overhanging piles of clouds then a tremendous splash and we were rushing into the waters of the ocean of the great planet to any man it would have been instant death but we have as you know far mightier vitality than man's and under the waters we can live for a long time still the crash was inconvenient to us and when the resistance of the waters had quieted our onward motion Ezariel again put the force of impetus to the ether-boat upward and we rushed up again out of the ocean's depths to the planet's surface the boat glowing with heat caused by friction and the waters hissing in a cloud around us we rose therefore in a vast whirlpool with great clouds of steam rising from the heated depths until again we came to the surface it was a vast ocean in which we found ourselves the waves rose to the height of real mountains and sank again we floated on this tempestuous sea such as the earth in its worst hurricane has never seen hoping sometimes as we were swept upwards on a mountain-like crest to catch a sight of land but none could we see having thus floated for some time aroniel proposed that we should rise into the air and by flying over the surface seek for land we flew up to a moderate height under the clouds the wind was not so violent as the waves would imply and even they were going down now so we managed to fly in the air floating beneath the clouds over the tempestuous waves our ether car floated rapidly like a balloon over the great heaving mountains of the mighty waters like a mountainous region but all in motion peaks and cliffs of foam ever rising and falling long we floated over many thousands of miles but nothing save liquid mountains hundreds of feet high and dark ocean valleys were in sight no land nor trace of land did we see at length Aroniel called out from the top that he saw an island it appeared really to be one but very small just like a large rock on the sea a few hundred yards across we descended and landed on the island 
it was not firm in a moment we felt its heaving as it was shaken by the waves it was evidently of some light substance floating upon the waves still putting our ethership into a cleft we rested a while watching the strange scene of the tempestuous waves and the vast overhanging clouds and every moment were reminded of the primeval chaos such as our world and the earth were in in the remote ages before the time when lands and continents were defined and when all was yet unformed surely said Oroniel, this huge planet has not yet attained its solid state like earth and mars and our world after some hours of wondering at this scene we were inclined to explore our floating islet one of the first things we noticed was an enormous cavern of a hundred feet high in the rock we entered it and passed into a huge hall the extent of which partly explained the floating power of the island for it was practically as hollow as an ironclad and if the walls were heavier than water the hall made it lighter and gave it buoyancy the hall was colossal in proportions much larger than any cathedral i have seen on earth on one side of it was a large terrace and the surface was damp though the waters in mass were well kept out of it the roof was vaulted huge arches were raised of the massive rock and the dripping waters had formed vast stalactites there was a certain grandeur and beauty however in this rocky cavern as we examined it by the electric light which azariel took with him at the end were two great openings which might possibly lead to more huge caverns in the rock as we were admiring the cavern suddenly a strange gigantic being entered the open door he was of colossal height rational and erect in aspect yet strangely fish-like also a vast monster of the deep yet apparently something more than a mere brute his body was covered with scales his head was not altogether stupid and he had a forehead and walked erect like a man i can best describe him as like what one of the huge beings of the secondary formation of earth of the oolite or lias would have been if endowed with intelligence and reason yet he was more symmetrical in aspect and therefore more beautiful than they ever were he evidently was of the type of life which in the earth is still seen in the huge monsters of the deep and yet he looked in aspect semi-human like to the fabled titans of the old greek poets a monarch of the deep colossal and majestic yet for all that oceanic he entered the cavern dripping with water and at once seated himself on the terrace he rested back as if weary and leaning on the rock he sank off to sleep this gave us a chance of examining him we mounted the terrace and contemplated his huge limbs at our pleasure he was evidently formed to live in the water rather to swim than to walk and certainly not to fly the pressure of gravitation of the huge planet made us feel that swimming was the most suitable mode of existence there to walk was an effort for one wanted a resisting medium and this huge body was formed for the purpose of floating in the waters or for plunging into its depths 
as we thus surveyed him with our electric lamp which on his entry we had extinguished another gigantic being entered the cave and resting on another terrace also sank to sleep the cavern darkened we went to the opening night the short night of jupiter was setting in the sky was covered with stars and three of the four moons were shining on the heaving waters it was a wondrous scene that ocean and its heaving waves and the starry sky with those three moons shining in it on we went over the heaving ocean surface on for hundreds of miles now and then however floating islands did appear heaving on the oceanic waves some of them appeared not to be natural but artificial the work of created intelligences on some of these as we were floating in the air we could see the colossal jovians resting on them these islands were not like the ships of earth merely for floating on the surface but sometimes they sank suddenly into the deep and as suddenly appeared on the surface i noticed the difference to his aerial men float on the surface because they want air to breathe if they could live under the surface they would doubtless sink into the deep and construct ships to do so like these huge ships which seem to us floating islands of the jovians we resolved also to explore the depths of the vast ocean author's footnote there are three classes of views about jupiter one that which is held by mr proctor that it is an unformed world and therefore as yet unfitted for life two that of swedenborg that the inhabitants of the greatest of the planets are of superior nature this cannot be refuted as thereby they would be superior to the destructive agencies at work on the planet three monsieur flammarion's view that life is here manifested under strange forms in beings both vegetable and animal of astonishing vitality in the midst of the convulsions and storms of a developing world is the one i would favour it is hard to believe this huge world a lifeless desert though terrestrial life such as we have on earth could not exist there End of chapter twenty two